Hey guys, this is Tanner with Anxiety Society. We wanted to put a warning up front uh, before the episode starts that we will be discussing a very sensitive topic regarding school shootings, and we know that this uh, could potentially be a trigger for some people who have been directly affected by school shootings. So if it's too soon to listen to it, uh, listen to people talk about school shootings, then we recommend that maybe uh, listening to this episode another time may be the best uh, decision for you. So uh, we will be discussing in a very respectful manner, but we did want to put this warning up front. Hey guys, welcome back to Anxiety Society today. Uh, Before we dive into um, our serious topic of school shootings, uh, we kind of wanted to give a update on what's going on in our immediate lives. Um, I know for me personally, I uh, recently, just not uh, only about a few days ago, I tackled uh, one of the giants of the anxiety uh, field that we've been talking about, which was flying. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just, me and my wife just went to California and I had to fly twice and I survived, luckily. Very nice. Tell them about the incident that happened before you got on the flight, though. Yes. So <clears throat> I kind of avoided my own advice, which is arrive early to avoid further stress um, in the flying experience. And my wife and I barely made our flight because um, I am an idiot and I... Uh, I, I put in my phone, instead of putting Denver International Airport, I put Denver Airport, which my map translated to Dr- Denver Airport Transportation. So it took us to downtown Denver, which is about probably 40 minutes away from the airport in the opposite direction. And so we, uh, we really had to haul it. And we were actually running through the parking lot, running through the airport, and we actually had about 10 minutes to spare before we got uh, got to board. So, but yeah, it was quite the experience. So, the lesson learned is to not trust your phone. Or be smarter than me and double check when you put something in your phone. Because I definitely don't do that enough. This is true. Very true. Uh, for me, I have... Had a very eventful week. Um, this week, probably the thing that I dealt with the most was just some very difficult conversations. Uh, we had talked about this a little bit on the lightning round episode. Uh, difficult conversations just, <coughs> excuse me, for those that go uh, deal with anxiety, it's not only the anxiety leading up to conversations, but it's also the anxiety after conversations. Uh, because right. uh, those conversations don't just end when the conversation ends. It keeps going in your head throughout uh, the week. And so, yeah, uh, yeah, I've been really dealing with that and um, really just trying to uh, calm myself down. Um, and there's been some really good things that have uh, happened since uh, some of these difficult conversations. But, uh, you know, as with all anxiety, it's never fully gone. It'll always rear its ugly head at some point. So, Yeah. Well, and I feel like those types of conversations are typically harder before and after when you feel closer to the people. Um, when you're, cl- you know, when you feel like you're close friends or 
Um, if it's a, a relationship, you know, a dating relationship or whatnot, um, those typically have a larger effect on you versus someone who you don't feel as close to. But yeah, I can definitely relate to that. That's uh, that's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. And uh, so for those people out there that are going through difficult conversations, know that you're not alone and that you're if you're struggling with like thinking about it beforehand and afterwards, uh, we are definitely there or here for you and want to hear your story. Yeah. And I think it's actually good to touch on because we both somewhat did this, excuse me, um, is um, we kind of want to introduce a segment in the near future called Facing Our Fears. So we share something that we've done either in the past week, past month, that uh, that we either have an anxiety, a problem with, or um, a fear of, and that we face it head on. So that we can, you know, we can come alongside you guys, and hopefully you guys too are doing that as well every day. Because uh, a part of just becoming an adult is sometimes having to do things you don't want to do, having to face things you don't want to face. And so um, that, I guess, is kind of the intro to that segment is uh, me flying and you having to have uh, some difficult conversations. Yep, for sure. And we will have more ones coming up, different challenges, different things that we're going to do to face our fears. And hopefully you'll join us in that. Cool. Um, So now that we kind of got started, um, I did want to um, just warn you guys again. I know we put a kind of a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode, but we will be uh, talking about school shootings in this episode. Uh, This is is the most serious thing that we've talked about so far in our podcast. And uh, we just want to let you know if if you aren't comfortable listening to that, if you've been personally affected by a school shooting, um, we just really recommend uh, that maybe you hit pause or um, just listen to this episode another time because uh, it may trigger some emotions, some feelings, and we, we're going to come at it at a very respectful way, and we're not going to commentate on it like we've been through it because we haven't. Um, But we really just feel like it's something that needs to be talked about, especially in regards to anxiety. Um, Do you want to touch anything more on that, Tyler? So um, before we uh, recorded this podcast, we had a long conversation about how to go about this conversation. Um, The idea here is not to politicize anything, uh, but to really speak about it from a ground level Um, the things that we've experienced. um, And like Tanner said, we have not personally been involved with a school shooting. Um, And so we are not going to try to um, express anything that maybe like, this is how these people feel. Um, We're not going to try to uh, support any sort of legislations or anything like that. uh, As far as the political landscape is, Uh, this is more of a heartfelt conversation about how this affects people, especially related to mental health issues. Um, And that's really important because we want you all to feel like uh, you're able to share those things without it being a uh, political um, story. Uh, But it's more of just like, hey, this is what I experienced. Uh, And here are my feelings. Here are my thoughts. Yeah. And um, something we'll touch on a little bit later is that we do feel like 
um, politicians tend to come into these situations and push agendas. And that's definitely not what we're doing. And in fact, we encourage you, if you have any stories or know someone who has been affected that may want to share their story, we're, um, we are open to you and we are open to listen to you and uh, even have you on the podcast. And if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, uh, just shoot us an email at anxietysocietypod at gmail.com or maybe uh, send us a message on one of our social media platforms and we would love to share your story and um, kind of get your perspective because again we're not experts on this and we're not really even going to talk about you know solutions to this problem we're going to just talk about mostly um, the relationship between anxiety and school shootings yes so um we want to hear from you please reach out um and hopefully we will uh be a contributor contributor in a positive way to this conversation so yep so um we will be talking more about that after the break and we'll see you there Hey guys, welcome back to Anxiety Society. I forgot to actually uh, give DJ Quads the uh, recognition at the beginning of the episode, um, but that was DJ Quads again, and you can find him on Spotify, on iTunes, and on SoundCloud. Um, So yeah, so now we're going to be talking about school shootings. Um, We actually posted a poll on our Twitter and asked you all if uh, you suffer from anxiety with school shootings. And 56% of people said that they do suffer from anxiety with school shootings, which uh, to me is pretty surprising um, considering uh, it's, it is <clears throat> much more common now, but it's also shows how sad it is that, you know, over half the people that voted are uh, dealing with some sort of anxiety with school shootings. Um, Tyler, do you want to share kind of our close, <clears throat> close encounters with school shootings that we've dealt with? Sure. So, as you know, as a disclaimer, you know, we we don't know about school shootings at a firsthand level. Um, you know, there's there's realities that I don't even know that people experience, and so what I, if I say anything, it's only out of my experience, and it is not in any way saying that this is normal for everybody. Um, but for me, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, obviously I remember Columbine. I remember watching that when I was a kid. I didn't really understand the effects of it. I thought it would be a more one-off type situation. I didn't think it would be as common as it has become. Uh, But the things that have kind of transpired from that moment in time uh, is that, you know, that, that town in Colorado has now had ramifications. It's kind of like been like waves across the country because now everybody has a fear going to school. I remember when I was a junior in high school, uh, there was a rumor that, uh, you know, we were having a fire drill. It was right before, I, w- I want to say it was like Thanksgiving or Christmas break. And there was a fire drill and there was rumors going around the school that there was a plan for a person to get on top of the building and shoot people as they were wow. walking out of the school. Uh, and so I remember yeah. very visibly because I, you know, I obviously do suffer from anxiety. That became a very real anxiety for me is that this was going to happen. Um, and 
uh, it was a very frightening moment. And it wasn't just me. It was a lot of other people that were, you could see it on their face. It was having the same kind of thoughts. Um, and then wow. really, honestly, the other experiences that I have uh, all relate to uh, stories that I have as a teacher. Uh, so I was a high school yeah. teacher for four years. And um, I did not ever face a situation where there was a school shooter in the building. Uh, but we did have an instance where we had to go on lockdown because there was a um, a crime that had been committed in the area, uh, and we had to go on lockdown. Um, the other instance that I can think of right off the top of my head was when I was, I believe this was my second year of teaching, uh, they introduced at this school district an active shooter drill. So this is different than a, a normal like school lockdown drill. Uh, the active shooter drill is a... Uh, because, uh, and so this is the other crazy part about this whole thing, uh, is that the school that I was working at at the time has what is called block lunch, which basically means that all of the students are (laughs) at lunch at the same time all around the school. They are not, they are not in a classroom. Uh, they are able to roam freely from classroom to classroom or from place to place. And it is literally, you know, 3000 students all having lunch at roughly the same time for an hour. So if you think about a normal wow. school shooting, school shootings um, don't last that long. Uh, but when you're in the instance of you have 3,000 students out in the open, what do you do? How do you train for that? They introduced an active shooter drill. And in this drill, um, there was going to be a policeman that wore some sort of like, I think it was some sort of like construction outfit that was like a neon orange or something like that. And he was acting as the active shooter. Um, wow. And he would walk around the building. Uh, they, I mean, the, the, the drill would start. He would walk around the building. Um, and something that was new that I had never heard of before was they were training kids now to not just run and hide. So typically uh, there had been an idea that, you know, the best thing to do is just run and hide, find the closest table, um, right. Find a desk, find a room, go in there. But now in this in this form, and I and I can't speak to maybe it's changed a little bit more since this time. But now what they were telling the students is that if you are close enough to this person, and you don't think you have enough time, that they are training students to engage with the mm. person, um, which is very I mean very shocking and very revealing. I you know I'm not gonna say you know whether or not I agree with that. Uh, but it's, it is a very shocking thing that that is the reality that we live in now is that we have drills, not, not just a conversation, but now a, a literal drill that we will do with our students that trains them on what to do with an active shooter. Mm -hmm. Just it's the same thing as a fire drill. You know, we're going to do an active shooter drill. Um, and so, uh, and in fact, I would say the, uh, so I left that school and I went to another school. We didn't have the same type of drill, but, uh, we did have to practice at one point, like stacking desks on top of each other at the door. Um, uh, we were kind of went through this thing of like, what do you do if you, you know, you need to barricade yourself in. Um, and so we, we actually went through a drill of barricading ourselves in. Uh, and so, as far as the anxiety surrounding it, for me, it hasn't been, I haven't been in a situation where somebody has actually brought a weapon to school. Um, yeah. But 
or, or I should say, I have actually been in a situation. I remember now, I just remembered this in high school. There was a person that had left a gun in his car from a hunting trip. Uh, and he yeah. got in big trouble uh, for that. I remember that going around the school. But as far as like somebody actually bringing it into the school and got caught or something like that, that has never happened. Uh, it's just the anxiety yeah. surrounding the possibility that it is a real possibility now. It's no longer a, oh, that was a one-off situation. Uh, it right. is it is a present reality that we are in a day and time where school shootings on average are happening. Uh, I mean, I want to say it's almost like once a month, um, but uh, that could be wrong. That's not pulling any statistics. I'm just literally going off of my, you know, watching the news is that it feels like it's like yeah. once once a month now. Uh, there's at least right. an incident somewhere, even if somebody wasn't killed, <laughs> but where somebody had the plan, they brought the weapon. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's my experience. I know that that was a little long, but I, I was just remembering things as I was uh, right going through it, which is kind of crazy that you kind of like suppress those things because, I, I mean, every time that those things came up, I do remember being very anxious about those things. And so it's weird how your body tries to suppress it, but whenever you start talking about yeah. it, these memories yeah. and these things come back and trigger uh, things inside of you. Yeah, I. you brought up a good point at the very end about, um, you know, it feeling like it's happening all the time on the news. I actually just read something um, recently that they're recommending uh, parents uh, not showing their young children the news when they're sh- replaying these school shootings because, I guess, in their brains – when they see the the replay of that event, they're thinking it's happening over and over and over again. Um, and I guess, you know, psychologically that could probably damage um, a kid's uh, thinking or outlook. And um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, so I, again, to kind of like piggyback off what Tyler was saying, I've never been in a active school shooting, um, you know, incident, but in college there was one time where, um, I was in class, and um, there were uh, gunshots apparently heard on campus somewhere, and students ran out of the building. And I believe at that time, I don't know if I was in class yet or if I was on my way to class or was about yeah. to go to class. Wow. Um, but uh, so I, I end up going to class. I was thinking, you know, okay, you know, if I'm in this building, I should be fine, whatever. Um, you know, I was still a little anxious, nothing – I hadn't heard a whole lot yet, and I think um, police were starting to get involved just because there was gunshots heard. Um, So in the middle of class, we're all sitting there, and this girl raises her hand. She's like, I don't mean to interrupt, but um, my friend just said that there are two hostage, or there's two more gunmen in the dorm buildings, and they're holding people hostage. And I'm on campus at this point, um, and, you know, in the classroom, and so. Uh, my teacher at that point, I looked at her and she, uh, it, it was one of those faces where you knew that she was frightened and right. did not know what to do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so we decided, uh, that we were going to get up out of our desk and sit in the corner of the classroom. And I don't know if we turned out the lights or not. Um, but, uh, when you kind of talked about, you know, they train kids to, not just to um, hide from the gunman, but to, you know, attack the gunman, essentially. Sure. It reminded me of that um, incident because um, we actually had football players in our class that day. And, and they were in our class, but they were 
um, they are attending class that day and one of them was standing up and he, I remember him saying, you know, well, if someone comes in here, he's gonna have to come through me. Um, you know, and there was like two or three football players and it's just one of those things where you feel like you're in a movie and you're just like, what is happening? Like everything's happening in slow motion kind of, um, I was, I was getting text messages. Um, and it, it was just one of those things. Obviously it, um, it wasn't an actual shooter. There was some construction, uh, backfired and there were just rumors flying all over the place, which I think is another thing you know, we could probably dedicate a whole episode to just that of, you know, all the information that comes out of these things. And it's hard to decipher what's real and what's not. We're not going to talk about that, but that that's one thing I would say is to be careful of what you read online, what you hear about from people, because like I said, there were no hostages being held. There were no other gunmen. I don't know where she was getting that information from, but, um, in that moment to me, it was real. And, uh, I mean, it was, I was terrified, honestly. It's just you feel right. hopeless and helpless. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm so grateful that it wasn't a real, um, you know, gunman and a, it wasn't a real shooter incident. But um, I guess in a way I can, you know, in the, the slightest way possible, I could see – I can relate to in a way um, of how the, these students feel in that situation. And, and I think the other thing, and I've heard, I was reading on the, um, the most recent shooting, which Tanner, that one occurred very close to where you live. Is that right? Yeah. It's uh, 16 minutes from my house and one mile from my work. So the Highlands Ranch, Highlands Ranch High School, is that it? Or is it STEMS High School? Uh, it's STEM. It's a charter school. It's called STEM High School. Um, yeah, so it, there is a Highlands Ranch High School, which is separate, but this is STEM Charter School. Gotcha. So, um, I don't remember what I was going to say, um, other than the fact of just the, I, I think being in the proximity of these things yeah. um, heightens your awareness that it could happen to you. Yep. And yep. I think that when those kinds of things happen to you, even if it's not real, even if it ends up being fake or there were just rumors and all of that, it's just the reality that that is common knowledge now. Like that, that is just like you, you have to take precaution at any moment. Um, Yep. And I think that, you know, we're we're not necessarily talking about like mass shootings, you know, things that occur outside of the school. Um, because, I mean, again, same idea, but different circumstances. You know, I think the thing about the school that is, you know, really dramatically changed by school shootings is that it was supposed to be a place that was assumed as a safe haven for children. Um, you know, we noticed that yeah. in the Sandy Hook incident where, you know, it wasn't just like teenagers. Now we're talking about elementary school kids. Um, yeah. And so no longer is the place that we thought was just like, oh, well, you know, that's just going to be a safe place to go. Uh, that That's not the case anymore. And uh, the thing that I, I was reading an article recently that was just talking about, you know, traumatic events for kids is just, it is so uh, developmentally influencing. Yeah. Uh, it, it just yeah. changes their brain structure. It changes how they process the news. It changes how they process... Mm-hmm. Um, just any little event now has some sort of emotional baggage, even if they can't even tell you that this came because of a school shooting, 
this will live with them because it you don't you don't just let your body doesn't give up on those things it holds on to them even if you consciously don't realize it's from it right yeah <clears throat> i forgot to kind of touch on this earlier but um if you haven't listened to all of our episodes i had just brought up um about a month ago i guess and one of our previous episodes that my wife and i uh, we live only about 20 25 minutes from columbine high school and we just went to um, kind of the memorial there right outside the school and just uh, read all of the different plaques and uh, came on here and I was talking about it and just saying, you know, how because it was the 20th, I believe is the 20th anniversary yes. of Columbine. Yeah. Um, and uh, I really think what 9-11 did to our country as far as um, kind of airport security and thinking in that way, I feel like that's what Columbine did for school s- security and um, doing active uh, shooter drills. I, I've, I've been thinking about that recently. It's like, I think that was such a turning point in our country because they're really up until that point. I don't, th- I don't know of any other um, major event that took place like that on a school campus regarding um, students coming on and uh, shooting up other uh, students. I think, I think the thing I, I was looking at stats, there were some things that go back to like 1970 as far as like incidents that have happened. I think the thing that maybe made Columbine a little bit different and, you know, since then obviously is repeated is the idea that uh, these are, planned out attacks these are yeah uh not just like oh my gosh i'm so angry you know i someone just broke up with me i'm gonna go do this it's like a a methodical thinking of of like what you know and i understand like that there 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 isn't a lot of difference between like you know killing is killing but at the same time it's like when you have people that are preparing these things um, that they're yeah. they're looking into like the architecture of the school, what doors to go into, um, you know yeah. how 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 many weapons should I have? Building bombs, um, you know yeah. it's it is well, a it's a much different thing than just somebody who has a gun going in. It is a a well thought out sometimes um, thing, which is very it's even almost more frightening that you have people planning it out uh to to yeah. take people out uh than it is if it was just a uh i don't know a fit of anger which uh again that's not to say that it, you know killing is killing it's just it's frightening when people are planning to kill people mask mass right. amounts oh. of people and i think um that's kind of a good segue into our next uh what we next segment what we want to talk about is um anxiety Uh, and mental health issues with the shooter themselves and then anxiety and mental health issues with the survivors of the incident. And so uh, first just kind of dive into um, the mental health issue of these uh, shooters. Um, It seems like this is a common theme um, going through. And again, we're not diving any, any sort of political arguments or making any sort of stances. Um, We're just stating a fact that uh, the past, um, and there hasn't anything come out about the STEM shooters yet, but uh, in regards to past school shootings, um, there's been mental health issues with um, several of these shooters uh, as far as anxiety, depression. Uh, some have dealt with autism, Asperger's, 
uh, and other things like that. Some of them have been on medication and um, some of them, I think I said depression already, but, um, and we're not going to, you know, say that's what caused the school shooting. Cause we know there's a lot of people out there that have mental health issues, but there, I think there is something to say about this, that there's a common trend here that perhaps maybe there's a, um, a disconnect with uh, kids not being able to process that extreme anger and depression and, um, you know, maybe being an outcast at their schools. Uh, and, and there is some level to that of, for some reason, that this makes sense in their brain to do this. Um, do you, would you say you would agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, kind of what you said is a really good point. It's really hard to pinpoint and say this is the reason um, I right. would say in anybody's life, it's really hard to pinpoint anybody's reason why they made a certain decision. Um, and so to say that it's one reason that they did it, uh, is, right. is kind of to disregard so many complex factors in life, yeah. uh, that lead you to yep. a decision. Um, but having said that, I, I would say that to ignore the reality that mental health doesn't play a part is to ignore a very major piece to the puzzle. Um, one thing that I, as a teacher, that you, you kind of get to see at a firsthand level that maybe uh, somebody outside of a school doesn't get to see is um, the social order of a school. Um, I mean, when you're talking about the popul- popular kids and you're talking about the uh, less popular kids or kids that are involved yeah. with this thing or that thing, you know, there's a very, very high... Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to really word it. I don't know what the correct word would be, but you know, people, kids and teenagers specifically, I dealt with teenagers is that they have a very, um, unique way of really stating exactly what they think about you. Uh, and not, and not, not cutting corners about it. If they think that you're a, uh, you're involved with something that's, you know, not popular or you yourself are a weird, a weird person or, I mean, just on and on so many different factors, they are not afraid to say it. And I think the, the thing right. that's really scary is that now you have things like text messages, you have social media, you have, um, these, these ways for teenagers to specifically target other teenagers uh, and do it in mass numbers. So, like, I could text my friends, you know, uh, uh, information about one student, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, a hundred people could know within a minute, and like yeah. they're all on my page now. Or I could go right. onto social media. I can create an account that doesn't have my name attached to it, and I can say whatever I want to this person and teenagers don't right. have the filter yet to kind of process. What should I say? What shouldn't I say? You know, uh, there, that's the, the time that they're learning it. So the fact that they have these things that they're able to use to use against each other is really frightening. Um, and actually yeah. the, the most interesting part about that is in the state of Texas, I believe, uh, they just enacted a in the last couple of years a law against bullying on social media. So you can actually uh, be charged with a crime. I believe it's a felony uh, for uh, any bullying on social media, and your parents could be also held legally responsible. Wow. Um, yeah, that's 
yeah, you brought up a lot of good points. I think that was something I talked about with people at work. They and they brought up a good point is that um, you know it used to be that you could go home from school even if you were getting bullied, you could have a little bit of a break from that. You know, you'd go home, you would be with your friends or your family. Right. Now you go home and you get on social media, and you right. there is no there is no break, there is no disconnect. It's all kind of um, intermingled together. And this is not a bash on social media, obviously. Like we're we're sharing podcast on social media. But uh, there is, I think, a level to that that it is affecting mental health um, wellness, and I think that could contribute to a depression, contribute to anxiety, um, contribute to isolation in a lot of ways. And so, uh, like I said, it's it's one of those things that we can't diagnose that this is the cause of the shooting. This is the cause of that. But having that as a factor in that, I think, is um, at least in the conversation is important because there are a lot of things out there, um, that are happening. And actually I was going to let you guys know, you should go check out, um, sandyhookpromise.org. Uh, it's a really good website, a good organization that was started up by parents and people that were affected by the Sandy Hook shooting. Um, and they've started this organization to help prevent school shootings. And um, one of the ways they're doing that is they've started these um, things called Know the Signs programs. And you can download a brochure that's helping raise awareness to actually uh, pick up on signs of people that uh, may be. And, and the thing is with this is like you look at you read at some of these signs and symptoms and it's like, well, that just sounds like a teenager. Um, but I think it's important to have at least an awareness of um, what leads, uh, what are some of those signs, those warning signs, those red flags that lead up to someone committing, you know, some something like this happen. And so um, go check out sandyhookpromise.org. Uh, you can actually donate if you want to. And they're not sponsoring us in any way. This is just us. We looked at looked up different organizations and charities, and they seem to have a lot of good things going on. Um, so yeah, um, I think we should start kind of um, turning the converse, conversation towards maybe talking about how students um, that have actually survived these events are dealing with uh, different pressures and anxieties and possibly being sort of used in a way as like in kind of as a pawn. Um, I feel like there's a lot of things happening like we've touched on with politics, um, with, uh, you know, different programs on TV. And um, what, what are your thoughts on kind of the uh, after effects of the anxiety on students who deal with a school shooting? I think the first thing that comes to mind is obviously the Parkland shooting that happened in Florida. Um, yeah. That was, I feel like the first time where you really saw a political movement uh, really birthed out of one of these school shootings uh, where the, the teenagers themselves really took to um, yeah. uh, whether it was news channels or different organizations, this, that was definitely a, a specific choice to to raise awareness on those uh, issues. Now, do I think that um, every person was on board with how those those group of students carried out everything? I don't know. Um, I I can't speak to the idea that everybody was on board. It's a hundred percent approval. They were all agreeing with how that was carried out. 
but I think the reality is the thing that I wish happened is that there wouldn't be a conversation around politics right away. Uh, it would just be about meeting people where they're at, um, losing a member or members of their community. Um, you know, specifically in this, you know, most recent one, I know that uh, there was some, and Tanner, you probably know more about this than I do. There was some incidents where like the group that organized like a vigil for the student that lost his life, um, basically they invited senators to come and speak, which is totally fine. Um, but again, this vigil is not about um, a policy and it's not about um, fixing the solution. That time will come. That time will come to talk about the solutions and all that. But there should be a time, there should be a moment where we mourn and we grieve the loss of these yeah. people and we honor them. I mean, and specifically in this incident, we should have, we should honor the heroic acts that this person did to save other students' lives. Uh, and I feel like sometimes that's just disregarded for the, the polit the political side of it, which is, I, I don't want to say that that's not important to ignore the solution, but it's saying if we don't give time to grieve, these things are going to keep happening. There, there is, yeah. there, these are not, these are not quick, easy solutions that we can throw out there. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. The, um, the incident you were talking about, the vigil, um, that was, I think that kind of was the, um, it really showed the reaction of what I think students feel. Um, most of the students who deal with school shootings, how they really feel about, being used um essentially their story being used as a political agenda or scheme they actually so i think the thing that really made them upset the students specifically was that they wanted to have their voices heard and instead um it was politicians who they don't have you know a personal connection with come in and you know talk about how we need to have gun control and gun reform and you know this that and the other and um, and I, and so I think they wanted their voice to be heard. They wanted to, to have their opinion heard. And, uh, I, I actually had read the article and, uh, I think one of the politicians, uh, completely agreed with them. He said they should have had their voice heard. And I'm, he said, I stayed and listened to the rest of the students until every single one of them could talk, um, that wanted to talk. And so I think that's a good step in the right direction. Um, but one thing that was interesting out of all of that was the students who left the vigil in the middle of it, they were uh, chanting mental health, um, I think kind of towards the politicians in a way of saying, we know what the issue is. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's the issue, but I think that's what they were um, implying by chanting uh, mental health. Yeah, and it's really, it's. I mean, to me, it, what the, the more sad part is that you have the people that were actually affected by it um, not feeling like they're being heard. Um, and mm -hmm. that's just sad. I mean, just the, the reality of it is, um, there are solutions that need to be considered. There are laws that probably need to be put into place, but at the end of the day, if you're bypassing all of that, if you're bypassing the human part of it, of the grieving and the, uh, the emotional toll it takes on people, then, we're really not going to we're actually missing a part of the solution right there. 
Yeah. That is a part of the right. solution is allowing the grieving to happen, allowing us to honor the people who lost their lives. Uh, that should right. be a part of the solution. Yep. And I wanted to point out um, the the uh, student that lost his life was name was Kendra Castillo. And he was also joined uh, by, but they survived was Brendan Bailey and Joshua Jones. They were um, for anyone who's not familiar with the incident, the um, first gunman came into a classroom and he uh, that was, it was his classroom that he was supposed to be in. He went to the back of the room. I guess it looked like he was going to his desk. He closed the door and then he pulled out his gun and he, he yelled, you know, everyone don't move. I have a gun or something along those lines. I don't it's not word for word. And Kendrick uh, jumped up to tackle the gunman. And that's, I believe, when he got shot. I don't know how uh, quickly he died, but um, he passed away. And But I believe also Brendan Bailey and Joshua Jones were also um, two of the others that um, helped stop the gunman as well. Um, and I believe the other gunman uh, was stopped by a uh, either a police officer or a security guard on campus. Um, but, I mean, just unbelievable um, courage. And uh, I know for me personally that would not be my initial reaction. I There's no way, um, you know, it, I, to just be able to jump up and to put your life on the line like that is just pretty um, incredible. Yeah, uh, I know that there's another story of a sixth, sixth grader. You know, he I don't think his classroom was maybe directly affected, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, he was, he grabbed a bat um, and was ready to do things. I also know that there's on a there's a BuzzFeed article that's going around. Uh, there was a girl in one of the classrooms that was in lockdown. Uh, she recorded a video of just the sounds uh, that she could hear from her classroom, and then she actually has a video of when the police kicked open the door and told them to walk single yeah. file out with their <laughs> hands on their head. Um, yeah. And so, like I said, I I, I really want to, you know, say that. I, I don't have firsthand knowledge. I don't know what it's like to be in those situations. Um, but, you know, these kids uh, will live with this will be with them for the rest of their life. Um, it is going to be something yeah. that, um, like I said at the beginning or said earlier, uh, is that while they may not point to this incident as causing anxiety or depression or, you know, something like that, this will have an effect. And um, right. And we have to be as a society. We have to learn to not just slap laws and things like that on there. We have to be like, we have to meet you at the human level and understand like what's yeah. going on. How are you processing this? How can yeah. we help you through it? Um, and try to try to change their perception on what used to be like a safe place. Try to change, yeah. like try to get them to be like, hey, I know this incident happened. It's a terrible incident. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, you're stuck at a point where you're like, I have to change somebody's perception <clears throat> about something that I shouldn't have to. Right. Yeah, uh, and to kind of go back on what you said, the sixth grader, I believe he, he said he could hear the, the, the gunman or one of the gunmen um, either right outside of his classroom or near his classroom. And he had said something along the lines of, um, I knew if I was going to go down, I was going to go down fighting. And that's coming from a sixth grader. I, I mean like you said those are types of things that will never ever probably leave his um system i mean there will always be part of him that will have probably some sort of ptsd from that incident 
Um, and I think we just, there's part of it is like, it's, it's so easy when you're not in the, um, in proximity of these incidents, it's easy to be like, wow, that's crazy. And then kind of move on with your life. And I'm not saying that we need to all be like dwelling and thinking about, um, this stuff all the time, but there is something to it of like, just because it's not on the news anymore, doesn't mean that people aren't dealing with this uh, on a daily basis. I mean, I, I was at the Columbine shooting 20th anniversary and there was someone breaking down in tears out there. Um, and it, it lives with you the rest of your life. And so I think, um, what we're kind of the direction we're coming from is saying, just be very aware of, um, who, who you're, um, around, what you say to people, what you do, how, uh, be very cognizant of your actions towards other people. And because, I mean, I think we have a lot larger effect on people than we, um, know. And, um, if there are people out there that, you know, that might be struggling with something, um, just reach out. Um, I know there's a lot of resources now that um, you can help someone get help. And um, even if you're going in to a school counselor or someone and just saying, hey, I don't, I don't want my name attached to this. I want to be anonymous, but I feel like um, this student really needs some help. Um, it can go a long way. And um, honestly, it's like something like that could help prevent something like this occurring. I'm not saying it's going to, but... Um, just being more aware of your surroundings and being more um, sympathetic and empathetic when someone has dealt with this. Don't turn it into a political issue, um, especially if you're on someone's uh, Facebook or Twitter or something that's dealing with it immediately. Do not go on there and say, well, this is why we need to get rid of guns or, well, this is why we have to, uh, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is, whatever your point is, it's not the time or the place to do that. Yeah. And, you know, to the people that have experienced things that, you know, are going through it, whether you're, you know, were there yourself or you're dealing with a family member or maybe a friend or a friend of a friend, whatever the situation is, if you are struggling with PTSD or if you're struggling with anxiety, um, my recommendation to you is to talk about it. Um, that, yeah. that's something we just don't do very much nowadays about anxieties. Um, we talk a lot about politics. Uh, we talk a lot about, um, who's right and who's wrong. Um, and I think that the reality is you have to, as a person have to process situations. You have to process those things, uh, out loud externally with somebody else so that one, they can speak into your life and tell you, hey, you said this about this. That's that's not a like I know that may feel that way, but that's not a true statement. Um, and they can right. start correcting, helping you recorrect or redirect your thoughts. Um, but that is not saying that you should do that like immediately following event. It may take years for you to be able to talk about these things. Uh, and we yeah. that are surrounding you need to be OK with that that it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be something that you can just immediately turn around and talk about. Um, but if you are struggling with those things, please reach out to somebody, talk to them, yeah. process your thoughts. Um, I will, you know, this is another episode for another time, but you know, for a long time, I had a huge stigma against going to a counselor. Uh, there was something just in my mind that felt like, you know, only really, you know, broken people, go to counseling. 
Um, and that's so false. It's just false. Right. Um, yeah. it's, it's a lie to say that only messed up people should go there. I think everyone could go to counseling. I think everyone should, yep. should go to counseling. Um, yep. I know not everyone can afford counseling. So sometimes then you have to go to, well, who would be the person that I could trust this with? Yep. Um, and, um, I would say that that is my biggest recommendation. I mean, there are so many programs out there that you could definitely join. Um, there are, you know, you can definitely, uh, pursue different avenues as far as medically speaking. Um, and I think those are all valid. I think the biggest thing that I would say is at some point we all have to process these things that happen to us and we have to learn how to process those thoughts in a way that's healthy to us. Uh, and yep. not going to cause further damage to ourselves. Um, and, it's, and it goes back yep. to the same incident we've talked about with the uh, the people that caused these incidents, the shooters themselves. They didn't take the yep. time to process these thoughts and didn't allow somebody else to be like, hey, I know you you think this or you feel this, but um, here's how I would redirect your thoughts. Um, because ultimately it comes down to we have to find a new way to think. Um, with these incidents, we have to find a, a way to keep going on and moving on in a positive way for ourselves. Um, so anyways, that went way off on a, ta- a tangent. I didn't mean to go off on, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I think to kind of wrap this all up, um, I want to present you guys some facts that I found that were very interesting, um, on the Sandy hook promise.org, uh, website. Uh, and it kind of backs up what we're saying. Again, this is not to present any sort of political agenda, but this is simply just some of the facts I, we thought were interesting uh, pertaining specifically to mental health issues, school shootings, and um, gun violence. Uh, it says between 4 and 6% of criminal gun violence is com- committed by an individual who is mentally ill. More than 90% of in- individuals who die from suicide had a diagno- diagnosable mental disorder. Um, and then lastly, in four out of five school shootings, at least one other person had knowledge of the attacker's plan, but failed to report it. Uh, so the, I mean, that's just something to consider. Think about, um, if, if those things interest you, intrigue you, uh, go to sandyhookpromise.org. Uh, you can donate there to help out with what they're doing to help prevent these incidences from occurring. Uh, if you are actually very interested in the STEM school shooting and helping in a way, um, you can. I believe you can go to any Wells Fargo bank and donate to the Kendrick Castillo Fund. And um, I believe that might be going to the family. I'm not sure exactly. Um, that You can probably Google that, look into that a little bit more. But that's something if you want to help out directly with that family involved. Um, again, keep your eyes open. Um, you know, Reach out, help someone. If you know someone that needs help, please, please don't let them continue going down a path they shouldn't go down. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening. If you guys have any stories or any um, people that you know that may want to share their story, uh, do not hesitate to reach out to us at anxietysocietypod at gmail.com. You can also reach, us, reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. Um, you can message us uh, privately or you can comment publicly. Uh, We really want to hear what you guys have to think about all of this in regards to anxiety with uh, school shootings. If you're going to come onto our page to try to create some political conversation, we may not engage in that just because that's not our motive. Um, But we want to hear your thoughts 
And um, we hope you enjoyed listening and we'll see you next time.